This is Chattanooga Civics. I'm Nathan Bird. Chattanoogans in Action for Love, Equality, and Benevolence, or CALEB, is a public action coalition that brings together various groups from across the city to enhance quality of life for all. With the announcement of the South Broad Stadium project, CALEB is working towards the formation of a community benefits agreement to ensure the development brings benefits for all Chattanoogans. Awesome. Could you introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Michael Gilliland. I'm the organizing director for Caleb. Michael, thank you for coming on the show. Could you just start out by explaining what is Caleb? Sure. Caleb is a coalition, a collection of faith communities, labor unions, and community-based nonprofits that are working together, have agreed to work together towards broader systemic change in Chattanooga and Hamilton County around issues uh, that are close to the hearts of our members and that we feel that we can make an impact. So issues like criminal justice reform, economic mobility, and education issues. Great. And so what I want to talk about mostly today, and if we have time, we might get into some of the other things that Caleb does, but I want to talk about the uh, community benefits agreement. They all are in the process of negotiating as part of the new Southside Stadium development. So if you could just very broadly, what is a community benefits agreement? And I guess for the, the remainder of the conversation, we'll probably refer to it as a CBA. Sure. A, a CBA is a contract between two parties. One party would be a developer or development group. The other would be a specifically defined uh, community coalition. So uh, typically a broad-based collection of organizations uh, that can speak up to issues close to the public interest. Uh, so uh, the sort of the background of the history of CBAs, uh, uh, they've been in existence for 25 years around the country. We've got some great examples of them, but they're opportunities for the public to create a process where they can weigh in more deeply uh, and address issues that they feel might be relevant to a development to make sure that there's community support behind the development, but also to make sure that economic development projects are actually meeting the needs of the community. They're reaching as far as they can uh, in order to be the best projects possible. So correct me if I'm wrong on this, but Caleb is currently seeking two different CBAs as part of the Southside development. There's the stadium project, which is just the stadium. And then there's the surrounding, I think it's almost 100 acres of land that is being put up for development by new city properties. Is that correct that there's there's two? Uh, so close. Uh, so okay. the, the total yeah. development uh, is 140 acres for the old Wheeland and U.S. Pine Foundries site. Out of that, about 120 are usable acres. Now, the stadium that's being proposed is around 9 to 11 acres. So mm -hmm. uh, you're correct in that our hope is to come out of this process with two different community benefits agreements. One would be with Hardball Capital, uh, the managers and owners of the Chattanooga Lookouts, and the 
organization that's going to be tasked with the, with uh, the lease, upkeep, and maintenance of the stadium. Uh, for all intents and purposes, they're going to be the entity running the stadium. And then the much broader development, you talked about uh, New City Properties, uh, the actual owners of that property are perimeter properties. Uh, but they have hired a master development firm based in Atlanta, New City Properties, to come up and design, implement, and sort of manage the development of the rest of the site. So because both of those projects are so different, I mean, when you think about running a baseball stadium uh, and everything related to that compared to all the other economic development issues, the full term you know, site planning for the rest of the site, the type of jobs and businesses that are going to be brought on site, and all the questions that could be related to, well, how does housing fit into this? Are there going to be opportunities for working class people to be, to be able to benefit from some of these projects? What's going to be the fallout? Are there ways that, uh, that this development could help support and strengthen our public transit structures in Chattanooga, all of those things, they're pretty remarkably different. We don't know at this point whether or not it's going to be specifically to community benefits agreements. It could be one with both parties. Our hope is that we have two, two clear specific agreements that can lay out precisely legally what, what the organizations are committing to. Okay, so looking at possibly two agreements might end up being combined into one. What is the advantage of a CBA for the developer? I mean, what, what is the, why, why would a, why would a developer or hardball capital, why would they buy into a CBA? What's the benefit for them? What is our kind of negotiating tool there? Uh, so a couple of things, I mean, on the face of it, I think, you know, community support, the connection to co potential community partnerships is one thing. On the other, this is a different process of engaging that than most economic development projects would be involved in. Uh, so if you go through a no normal government procurement process, this is very cut and drying, uh, typically focused on low bid offers and doesn't give a developer an opportunity to really connect or oftentimes even understand the best uses in relation to community needs. What this allows uh, to happen is that a pretty broad-based community coalition can communicate directly with developers and see uh, what how this could be used to imagine what the best uses of these developments could be. Uh, how it can meet community needs and result in the most successful project possible. I think that that process of engagement, potential for partnership, is something that oftentimes uh, developers find lacking in communities. And hopefully this sets an example for what a better pro public process looks like. So are there any examples that you have off the top of your head of, of CBAs that have been successful in other cities? Sure. Sure. I mean, in big cities, there are plenty of examples like the LAX 
airport uh, in Pittsburgh that was a large project. But I, I don't think we have to go that far. In fact, in Nashville in 2016, a community coalition was able to successfully secure the first CBA in Tennessee related to Nashville's soccer stadium. Um, and it's a pretty impressive agreement that uh, addresses things like minimum wage floors for all jobs, making sure that all jobs are going to be able to $15 an hour on site. Uh, it, it has commitments towards affordable housing support for the larger property surrounding the stadium, uh, making sure things like previous criminal backgrounds are going to automatically preclude people from applying for these jobs and a host of other issues uh, that were addressed through this agreement. So I think the fact that Nashville has paved the way to show uh, the potential for these in Tennessee is uh, a wonderful starting point for us. That's great. Um, what What are some of the benefits you've mentioned for the Nashville project, you know, minimum wage requirements, hiring restrictions being removed, things of that nature. For this CBA in Chattanooga specifically, what are some of the benefits that are kind of in the process of being worked out? Are we at a point where we can share maybe kind of the top three or four ideas that have been brought to the table? Well, like, yeah, I will say that there are a lot of ideas that have been brought to the table, but there are some key priority areas. Uh, number one, a key priority area is related to hiring about what kind of jobs are going to be on the site. Let's say specifically for the stadium itself, both for construction, the construction of the stadium and for the rest of the development. Uh, and what, what kind of jobs are there going to be opportunities for local firms and local workers to be able to take advantage of these job opportunities? Or are they just going to be relegated to the lowest tier bids from out-of-state companies. Uh, for those that are on the site uh, that are going to stay here, jobs related to the stadium itself, well, what's the workforce development pipeline? How are we making sure that local folks, particularly folks closest in the neighborhoods closest to the stadium, areas around the South Broad community, how do we make sure that we create a pipeline so folks can take advantage of this economic development? I think that that's a key focus an issue that's a concern for many people in the community uh, and across the coalition. There are other examples. I think the environmental concerns, uh, understanding that Chattanooga Creek has historically been one of the most polluted waterways in the United States, making sure that the development that's occurring in the South Broad area doesn't exacerbate that and aware as much as possible that it helps to alleviate alleviate some of those environmental concerns, making sure that stormwater runoff is being effectively captured and used to the best effect. Uh, so I think that's one of many environmental concerns. And also, how is this going to affect transit opportunities? Number one, the development of increased traffic concerns, uh, how the new exit off of uh, I-24 is going to integrate into the area and how we can use this most effectively uh, in order to support multimodal transit and increased in public transit opportunities for the area. Uh, so those are some broad areas. Uh, keep in mind when we're talking about two different projects, you've got the baseball stadium and the larger development site. When it comes to the larger development, there is a concern for affordable housing, making sure that these are 
that what we have is equitable development that to a certain degree you've got uh, the possibility for economically diverse neighborhoods and housing structures to be built on site and around the community. How does the this development work to support that? Uh, and you've also got education issues. How is this going to relate to the vast housing needs in the South Broad area? You know, uh, Howard School was at the top of the list for its massive overcrowding at this point you know, like 180% over what was originally built for that building. So uh, is there opportunity for this development uh, to help and support uh, the strengthening of the education system, possibly more educational infrastructure in the South Broad community? Those are conversations that we're hoping to explore. So how can listeners get involved? I, I know you mentioned that Caleb is mainly a coalition of smaller groups with varied interests. Do, does and Do you need to be a member of one of those smaller groups to be part of this CBA process, or is there an at-large coalition? Oh, that's a really good question. So uh, I think we it can get a little confusing because Caleb itself is a coalition, but in this sense... Uh, we're only one member of this South Broad Community Benefits Coalition, okay? So one among, right now, it's 10 organizations. And these are organizational signatories that are going to be signatories if it comes to the point of a contract with the Community Benefits Agreement. Um, that doesn't mean that individuals can't be part of a of the process of helping to weigh in and inform some of the priority areas and the way that these are negotiated effectively. Mm -hmm. We're hosting meetings with the uh, all of the coalition partners and community organizations from uh, the South Broad Community Association to the Community Association of Historic St. Elmo, uh, the Central Labor Council and the Chattanooga Building Trades, uh, IBW, Green Spaces, the Bethlehem Center, Mary Walker, Towers Resident Council. So these organizations are the ones that are committed to coming together and and really creating the structure for how are we going to be in the best position possible for negotiating for community benefits. Uh, when, over the next month, there are going to be plenty of uh, meetings, working groups, and the like, where we're nailing down some of these priori priority mm -hmm. areas and helping to give uh, the negotiating team uh, all the resources necessary in order to have them in the best position possible. So if folks are interested in participating, uh, the easiest way would probably be to reach out to our organization at info at calebcha.org. Um, you can also reach out to any of our coalition partners directly, but probably for these purposes and to most easily communicate when the meeting times and working groups are, reaching out to us directly would be the best. Okay. So is there a schedule posted anywhere online or, or do you want people to be communicating early and, and going through email? Communicating early. We're still setting up some of these working group meetings this month. Okay. And <clears throat> what is this proposed schedule look like in terms of so right now we're in the process of kind of sounds like forming that actual negotiation team out of this larger group uh we're we're talking about you know what benefits are kind of bubbling to the top on our priority list what does that schedule look like in terms of getting from where we are now to getting a signed agreement 
Sure. Uh, I, I maybe I can back up a little bit and talk about what the timeline has been so far. When we started this process and began to try to step in to negotiate a community benefits agreement, uh, it was with an understanding that there was a very minimal timeline for getting this done, three weeks to a month in order to sit down, at least with Hardball Capital. After our first meeting uh, in talking with the city, it seemed that there was a greater opportunity for extending this process. So our negotiations right now are sort of limited by the bond issuance. It's going to be sort of the last public process in which the rubber hits the road and money will be specifically allocated towards the stadium development and the project itself. So within that time frame, uh, the expectation is, is that the bond issuance is going to be voted on around the towards the beginning of December. So that has given us a little bit more time to work with our coalition partners. Uh, we just this week had our fourth coalition meeting. Um, and uh, so our expectation is, is that we'll have an opportunity to meet directly, hopefully with the developers at the end of October, and that negotiations with the negotiating team and an attorney are going to begin the first week of November. None of that is confirmed, and we're still working out the details, but our hope is that uh, through November, we can work in order to secure the first community benefits agreement for Chattanooga. Fantastic. Well, I think that sums up pretty much everything, all the questions I had about the CBA process. It's been very succinct, and I, I really appreciate all the information that you've given uh, I'd like to kind of open it up, and if you want to talk about the other things that Caleb does and, and let our listeners know how they can get involved in, in other issues, because I know Caleb has been very involved in, in various issues with the city throughout the past few years, and, and there's a lot that you do besides these negotiations and kind of coalition building activities. So sure, I'll just yeah. open it up to you. Yeah. Um, so I think I'd start out in talking with our criminal justice work. Our criminal justice task force is coordinated uh, specifically towards uh, the issues of mass incarceration. So the huge increase in incarcerated individuals in the United States and in Hamilton County, the pressures that that puts on our society, the uh, massive costs that are associated and the horrid conditions that people find themselves at Silverdale. Um, so one of the best ways to address mass incarceration locally, in our opinion, is to focus on the pretrial population. And our goal is to push for the ending of cash bail. We don't believe that anyone should be in jail merely because they don't have money to get out. All right. And so much of the massive overcrowding at jail uh, in Silverdale is because of the pretrial situation. Right now, around 80% of people that are there haven't been convicted of the crime that they're serving any time for. It's merely because they haven't had an opportunity to get to court and have their cases closed or judged. Um, that's 80%, hmm. a remarkable number. So in 2018, our organization launched the Hamilton County Community Bail Fund. We raised money in order to create a revolving fund account to post bond for individuals that can't post it for themselves. Um, and so uh, it's had pretty dramatic success. Uh, we've posted over $633,000 in bonds since we started in April of 2019. Uh, last year, we posted 129 bonds for individuals. This year, um, 
uh, we have a remarkable success rate of individuals that are, have bonds posted that are showing back up to court. Around 90% of people who we have bond posted for are able to attend their court dates and reach the most successful resolution to their cases. Um, so we operate on four criteria. Uh, number one is that it has to be a bond of $10,000 or less. We post full cash bonds as opposed to a bonding agency. So we post the full amount, and as long as the individual shows up to all their court dates uh, and reaches a successful conclusion, then that money comes back to us in full to be used for the next individual. The individual also has to have a community contact, someone in Hamilton County that not only vouches for them, but they can work with us to make sure there aren't any hurdles that can come up to them attending court. There can't be any pending charges from a previous arrest that would hold up the bond money, and we don't post for domestic violence cases. Um, so all of this has been part of proving that a better way is possible, that uh, that actually reducing the pretrial population is increasing public safety, community safety. It's not damaging or affecting community harm, um, and it's actually addressing the community harm that's being done by the mass incarceration system. So that's one example of the work that our collection of organization works on together. Uh, the other, one of the other main buckets is education, and our education task force has been focused on the school to prison pipeline. We have dramatic disparities in Hamilton County in uh, discipline rates and in suspensions and expulsions, especially between black and white students and black students with disabilities. And it's been a growing concern so much so that the state of Tennessee has uh, issued warnings and, and uh, uh uh, spoken publicly, issued press releases that talk about the concern of dramatic disparate rates. Now, the county is interested in, in talking about ways to address this, but we wanted to be uh, proactive as much as possible. So our organization raised money in order to partner with Orchard Knob Elementary last year, and we funded a full school implementation for restorative practices that trains teachers on the most effective ways to enhance accountability in the classroom while not relying on punitive measures like suspensions and expulsions, right, that don't actually address discipline. You know, what happens when a student potentially acts out and gets suspended? Uh, are they learning from their behavior or is that behavior likely to continue? Oftentimes when a kid is removed from class, they're away from whatever is causing it, but they're left to fall behind in school. They're perhaps playing video games all day. Uh, and then when they come to class, those same problems are likely to continue. And oftentimes teachers are relying on suspensions and expulsions as sort of like a knee-jerk reaction to just maintain some level of uh, uh, accountability in the classroom. Well, we want to offer the opportunity to talk about better ways to offer real training and real support and to do it as a whole school model where the community and the school are committed to seeking a better way that don't lead to detrimental effects for these students. So uh, that's been remarkably successful. Last year, we saw a 50% decrease in suspensions and expulsions in Orchard Knob Elementary from the last pre-COVID year. Uh, and now we're working with the school administration on developing a process or a program for district-wide implementation over time. 
That's awesome. So if listeners are interested in getting involved beyond the CBA process, how can they get involved in the in the bail fund or the educational side of Caleb? And, and do you guys have regular meetings, things like that? We do. Yeah. Uh, people are, are uh, happy to attend and more than welcome to attend our monthly general meeting where all of our organizations and for Caleb, we do have an at-large caucus for individual members as well. We meet the second Thursday of every month at uh, the Vine building at First Centenary United Methodist Church uh, from 630 to 8 o'clock. So folks are welcome to attend. They can also, again, reach out to us directly at info at calebcha.org. Well, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else that you have that you'd like to mention before we sign off? I think that covers it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been really, really informative and I appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chattanooga Civics. Our music was written and recorded by Kevin McLeod. If you have any questions or feedback, please send me an email at chattanoogacivics at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at chatcivics, or visit the website chattanoogacivics.com. Thanks for listening. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.